0: Before we get started this morning, I want to take just a moment to uh, commend our song leader, Ryan Watson, doing such a great job. Most of you probably don't know that he's filling in for Mark Ickley, who had a bit of laryngitis earlier this week, and so they swapped out, and I just was thinking as Ryan was leading, what a great job you do Uh, uh, when you lead worship. We appreciate your enthusiasm, your joy, Uh, had a, a... one of our members who is mostly with us via live stream and I was visiting her and uh, because she's not able to get out very much and she said now I watch the live stream and I just love it and thank you for providing that and I love your worship and I, I really really like that one young man that's how she referred to you he said he's he, he has good voice, he has wonderful tempo, and he smiles when he leads so if you don 't know, Ryan and Sarah uh, have made plans to be leaving us here shortly When, when is the, your date you 're heading down last week in june now uh, i don 't you 're heading to Oklahoma right? you know they 've had a little bit of rain there and floods and everything, so if you want to you know hold off on that that 's fine i i was talking to Ryan, and I said, you know, I was passing on the compliment that I just shared with all of you, and he was very gracious and all of that, and I said, you know, I'm really sad to, to see you and, and Sarah go. I, I think you're, you know, a big part of Northside, and we appreciate you so much. I, I said, you know, with technology now, I mean, we do live streaming, I said, there's no reason that we can't get you opened on a laptop there, open up FaceTime or Skype, and you can just lead from where you are. He, he wasn't smiling at that point, but uh... anyway, Ryan, thank you for what you do. Appreciate your, your leadership, and, and uh, it's always a joy when you lead us in spirit and in truth. This morning, we are beginning a new series, and I very much am excited about the series, and I'm excited about what we're going to learn and what we're going to do, why this series has been designed. If you are, are one of the people who read your bulletin, then you are a little bit ahead of the game because you read uh, the article from our elders, from our shepherds, about why we're doing this series called Seeking Shepherds. And uh, the purpose of it is to uh, prepare us as our shepherds have decided this is the right season and the right time that we need to add additional elders uh, here at Northside. And so we want to, we take this very seriously. Leadership is very important, especially biblical leadership. And uh, we, we have a long history of doing that and, and making sure that we are very intentional about it. And so this sermon series is a part of preparing all of us to be thinking, to prepare our hearts, and to be diligent in prayer as we go about the process of seeking new leadership, additional leadership, uh, to help our existing elders. And guys, if you could put that on the notes view, otherwise I'm going to have to tell some awkward stories here, and uh, the audience isn't going to like that. Leadership is a challenging subject. It is uh, one that uh, the, certainly there's uh, uh, any number of books and seminars that you can go to and uh people that speak on the subject concerning leadership and usually it's in the business world or in personal leadership and that's all good uh there's a lot of focus these days on family leadership and the responsibilities and and the the uh, things that parents can do to be effective as our leadership as families and that's also all well and good but church leadership is extra special partially because well, maybe some of you have seen what it's like when church leadership is done wrong. Uh, we, we at Northside, we're a church that believes in focusing on the teachings of God's Word. You know, it's not just that you hear something from the pulpit. You hear that in your Bible class. You hear that in your small groups. We believe God's Word is exceptionally efficacious in training us and preparing us individually, but also collectively. And so, we're going to look at God's Word, what God's Word says about leadership. And, admittedly, church leadership can be confusing. When you look at the world around us, there are many different styles of church leadership. The first is what I will call the head-led. The head-led is where one person is in charge of all the churches. That's that's one style of leadership. Now, I will tell you that that's not biblical. The the, the scriptures are quite clear that there is only one head of the Lord's church, and that is Jesus the Christ. Okay, But that's one style of leadership. It's it's organized in a structure, and there's one person at the top. The second is what I call denomination-led. Uh, That is where one group is in charge of all the churches. Uh, They set, they, they establish what their churches will do, the doctrines that they will subscribe to, the creeds that they take hold of. It's a group of people, but they're still in charge of all the churches. Now, we don't find an example of this in Scripture either. So... Then we go to probably what most of us are, are most familiar with, which is what I call the pastor-led, the senior pastor. If you could take an organization chart of maybe an independent uh, church or uh, a church that doesn't isn't affiliated with some sort of denomination, most of the time the guy in my position is at the top of the org chart. Uh, he is the one that's in charge of everything. Now, just in case you have that misunderstanding about me, you need to know that's not the case at Northside. And you should be very thankful and grateful for that. But this is, again, a man made style and system of leadership. One person leads a church. All of these are man made systems of leadership with advantages and disadvantages, with functions as well as flaws. But there is a way, there is a better way, a biblical way of leadership that we see in the scriptures. God's way in which he called for elders. Uh, These men are to be, first of all, biblically qualified. Okay, these are not just any guys. This is not a, a club. This is not just anyone. It's not a board of directors. It's not a good old boy club. It's not just wealthy donors, it's not a popularity contest. They are men who meet certain qualities of character in their hearts and in their lives that are recognized by the congregation as meeting the biblical qualities of those that we would call to lead us. The second thing that the Bible tells us about elders is that it's plural, that it's a team, that it's not a single person. The eldership is not a place for lone rangers. It's not a a place for self-willed and selfish people. It's a group of men who are unified, but certainly not uniform. They are unified as a group, and they have to make decisions that are not always easy. As leaders are prone to do, they have to make decisions that not everyone will be pleased with. We need to understand that they work as a team. And they have to be a team of men that we trust. Because sometimes they'll make a decision based on information that you and I don't have. And they're not privy to give it to us. We have to trust them as leaders. The third thing is that this elders, as described in the New Testament, are a group that are autonomous. what I mean by that is our eldership at Northside... There's nothing to do, no oversight, no say in any other congregation of the Lord's body. They govern the affairs at Northside. They, the scriptures tell us, will be held accountable for the souls of those here in the family at Northside. Okay? That's biblical. When we look in the book of Acts and we look at the examples that are all throughout, we see that there were elders at each church and that those elders govern the affairs of that body. So, they're biblically qualified, they're a team, they are autonomous, and finally, they are called to be shepherds. Uh, This is the real focus here, because when we come at it from a business perspective, we might think of an eldership as, oh, well... That's just a board of directors. That's essentially what it is. Unfortunately, that's thinking in a business way and not in a biblical way. Uh, I've called this series Seeking Shepherds because shepherds is another term uh, synonymous with elders that gives us a deeper idea. Yes, uh, elders make decisions concerning finances and budgets. They do some business things, but they do many, many more spiritual things. Things that are connected with the souls of people. And so I love the picture when we use the term shepherd. Because it tells us about the heart of the, the man and the men that we're seeking. You see, a shepherd has one concern. Whether he owns the sheep or they belong to someone else. In this case, they certainly belong to another. His concern, his heart, his constant focus of his mind is the condition of the sheep. Whether it's the entire collective group or just one that's struggling, the shepherd's heart is with the sheep. Biblical leadership is so vital to this role. Without godly leadership, the church is like sheep without a shepherd. Now, Peter, the apostle, was himself an elder. Uh, He was an elder, and in fact, he made a charge to elders of that time and elders of all time. And I'd like for us to turn there, if you're not already there, to 1 Peter chapter 5, where Peter describes and makes this charge to his fellow elders. This is page 1298 in the Pew Bible, 1 Peter chapter 5, verses beginning with verse 1. So I exhort you, the elders among you, as a fellow elder and a witness to the sufferings of Christ, as well as a partaker in the glory that is to be revealed, shepherd the flock that is among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly, as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. Uh, You think about what elders do. Um, It is a hard job. They are among the first to be here on Sunday and Wednesday. They will be among the last to leave. When they get here, they discuss and, and deal with problems and issues, people and sin, that are oftentimes difficult and not easily solved. They have to make hard decisions. Their wives must be very patient. They are men who have to do what's right, not in the sight of the world, and not even always in the sight of all the church, but in the sight of God. They carry the burden of the accountability of souls of you and I. Why would anyone, anyone, by the way, is a volunteer position. Why would anyone volunteer for such a position? Peter says that someday you and I as we're walking along in the streets of heaven, we'll look up and on the horizon we'll see a glimmer, and that glimmer will be the sparkling crown of Brian Middleton. The unfading crown of James Wilson and Clayton McCullough. There is a a reward and a benefit in the eternal and the spiritual sense for shepherds who shepherd well. These elders, I know, do not do that for their sparkling crown. They do that because of their love for the Lord, for their dedication to Jesus and to his church. I I say that to tell you that shepherding is not an easy task and that those we select need to be men who are of a quality of character, that they are prepared for the difficulties and the challenges, and yes, eventually, the rewards of shepherding. So our elders at Northside are the seven men that you see pictured here. Uh, In the time that all of them have been shepherds, Northside has grown steadily, continually on an upward tick. We have many families here that have joined us in the last two years, the last five years, the last ten years. Northside is an ever-growing and changing body and Our elders, our shepherds, lead that body and care for that body and shepherd that body because they love it. But you need to know that we don't seek new shepherds carelessly. We do not do it haphazardly. There's not a magical quota when we say, well, when we reach this membership, we need this number of shepherds and all of that. No. We're looking for quality, not quantity. We're looking for Mr. Right, not Mr. Right now. We are looking for the right men to lead in the right way. Northside is 80 years old as a congregation of of God's people this year. We're 80 years old. In that 80 years, I looked at the history, we've had 25 men, including our current seven, who have served in the capacity of elder and shepherd. The last time we added shepherds, we added three, and that was seven years ago. Where Northside is today is due in great degree and in large part to the seven men that you see pictured here and the 18 other men that you do not see pictured here. Their decisions, their wisdom, their prayerfulness, their unity, Their love for you all, their leadership of you all, their serious, thoughtful nature has led us to where we are. We stand this morning on the shoulders of giants. Now, I want to ask you, if you if you have been a Northside elder in the past even if you're not one currently. But if you have been an elder or a shepherd here at Northside, would you please stand for just a moment? Have been, not... Yeah, yeah, have been there. You're not a has-been, Brian. Uh, I'll get to you. Okay. Hey, can we just say just for a moment, thank you. Now, to our current shepherds, if you would please stand. If you are currently a shepherd and elder at Northside, please stand. And to you, we say thank you. You may be seated. Now, I will get called on that later. They will not be happy that I asked them to do that. Because our elders, our shepherds, are very humble men. They do not like the public acknowledgement and and accolades and all of that. I know within their hearts that they appreciate it, but they do not do it for our applause. They do it because of their love for you. Now, when you pause and consider what they do and how many hours it takes to do it, uh, it should leave you with a great sense of gratitude and thankfulness. And I do hope, even if you've plotted this morning, that you'll seek out a current or former Northside Shepherd and tell them thank you. Especially if you've known a church or come from a church where there has been very dysfunctional leadership. You know how painful that can be. And so when you find steady, solid, godly men who love the Lord and who love the Lord's church... It is truly a blessing. As these seven men uh, have been discussing and thinking and praying, uh, they've come to the determination that we are in a season where it's time to select and to ask for your input as we begin the process of appointing new shepherds. And so today, as we begin this series called Seeking Shepherds, we are seeking your input. Uh, This is a a series, it's going to be four lessons, and all throughout the way through, it's a series on biblical church leadership. What would God say about he, how he wants his church led? Not what do church growth experts say, not, do, not do what the pastor at some huge megachurch say. What does God say about how he wants his church led? Now, I will tell you if you're a guest, this is largely a family matter at Northside. Now, I want to encourage you to come and attend and listen and all that because I think it's also a learning opportunity if you're a guest to see how a church works through seeking out its leaders. This is an important series, and I really cannot stress that enough. Uh, I realize it's summer, and summer is a hard time to get the same group of you in here at the same time. But but I really want to ask if it's at all possible for you to be here over the next four Sundays and to encourage other Northsiders to be here as well. Because this is a community, this is a body decision, this is something that we're doing together. It's not a democratic uh, Style—it's not a popular vote. Don't misunderstand. But but we all need to be all in as we think about our uh, leaders that we seek to guide us. And so it's very important that you that you be here. Um, I just cannot say it enough. Leaders make or break a church. And because Northside has been intentional and purposeful about and prayerful about who we select and appoint. Northside has been blessed, and I believe if we do the same today as we consider this into the next several weeks, we will also be blessed by a future number of shepherds. The Bible tells us what qualities to seek in shepherds. It does. It's very specific, and we're going to delve into the specifics Quite a bit through this series, the Bible is very specific, but it does not tell us how to select them. There's a lot of instructions on there on the type of men to, to look for, but there's very little instruction in terms of what uh, the best way is to select. Uh, the closest is Titus chapter one, verse five, and if we're not careful, uh, that can be misconstrued. Titus chapter. 1 verse 5 says, The reason I, and this is Paul writing here, left you in Crete, he's speaking to, writing to Titus, was, that, so, was so that you, Titus, might put in order what was left unfinished and appoint elders in every town as I directed you. Now, if you read that, it looks like you might say, well, okay, Toby, it's your job, you know, pick them. <laughs> you need to understand a little bit of context. First, it's a church planting context. These are very new Christians. And so he's saying here, I need to, you, Titus, as a leader of in the Lord's Church, I need you to go about selecting those who would be the right men to lead. Now, when Northside began in 1939, we probably had a similar process as we were a church plant. Probably the church that we came from had elders who might help us and recommend the first elders. I don't know if that's true or not, but... What I'm saying is, it's different when you've got a new church and a young church. Uh, For those of you familiar with the work of Alex and Aaron Flood, this would be their situation. They are building a church that meets in their home, and they are building it from scratch. Alex is studying and baptizing these people from the world, making them Christians and growing them up in Christ. And if they continue to grow, and Alex continues to be faithful, there may be a time when Alex says, okay, it's time to appoint elders, and he may go about that. In our context, that doesn't work. In our context, it makes more sense to do it the way our elders have deemed. And so we have a process that's worked pretty well for us over the past 80 years. We're going to use that same process again. The first step of the process is that we teach the biblical qualifications. We look at the qualities written in Scripture. 1 Timothy chapter 3, Titus chapter 1 are, are the main texts that we're going to be studying to look at the qualities of men. Why do the elders want me to teach that? Because they want you to understand that the shepherd isn't just anyone, that the Bible has real instruction about what kind of men to seek. Secondly, we're going to seek prayerfully considered names, okay? This is not a matter of filling out a piece of paper and looking around and figuring out who you like and who you sit by and who is, you know, at this special event for your family, or who's a close family friend, or, you know, it's not about that at all. If you're going about that in that way, I would ask you to submit no name. Please be directed by Scripture and be bathed, immersed in prayer. The third is we trust God in the process, and we we trust God to guide our current shepherd. So they're going to take names that are submitted, of men who are biblically qualified, and then there will be a time when our current shepherds discuss and decide amongst that pool of candidates. Now, there may be good, qualified men who are not asked to serve as elders or shepherds. That does not mean you are a second-class Christian. It doesn't mean the elders don't like you. It means that the elders and their wisdom have determined that this is not the right season for that to happen. We trust our elders in every other area of church life, certainly in the transition and the addition of leadership, we need to do the same. After they have come to a process, or have sat down together, and they've prayerfully looked over those men whose names have been submitted, the elders will select the men that they think are the right group to add at this time, and they will submit those to the congregation. And they will ask again for your input, if you know any scriptural reason or biblical objection, if you go back and cross check these men and First Timothy chapter three and Titus chapter one, will you see any discrepancy there uh, then uh, if you have or see one or know of one, you need to bring that to the elder 's attention and then, at a time that they determine is best, uh, they will uh, appoint. These uh, men who have been biblically qualified, who have been prayed over, who have a willingness to serve, and who are best for Northside. So, I went through all that in detail. Why? To let you know that we take this very, very seriously. It is not something we do haphazardly or carelessly. We will not, I know our elders and our shepherds will not do it without a great deal of prayer and asking for the Spirit's guidance. Why do they do that? Because this is what the early church did. The scripture that was read for you. Acts chapter 14, verse 23. Again, a different context, but the example is clear. And when Paul and Barnabas had appointed elders for them in every church, look what it says, with prayer and fasting they committed them to the Lord, in whom they believed. That's really central to the process here. We got to trust God through the pro- uh, before the process, in the process, and after the process. And so, we're, we're, we, even though this is one verse, the lessons for us in it are numerous. When we appoint leaders. We do do so with bathed in prayer. If you're able to do so, I would encourage you to fast so that you can focus on where God is leading us and the men that he will use to do so. We see clearly that Paul and Barnabas took this seriously, so we follow their example. So, over the next three weeks, here's what's coming up. Next week, we're going to start and dive right into 1 Timothy chapter 3 and Titus chapter 1, and we're going to look at who shepherds are. We're going to look at the qualities of men. Again, who shepherds are is a matter of understanding biblically who they're called to be. Now There are people with great personalities and... And they're very good in matters of business, or they have certain skill sets that you might think would apply. What we're concerned with here is something deeper than that, and that's the scriptural qualities. So, as the Bible tells us those, we would do well to study and to listen and to think about who among us meet those qualities. Then second, on June 16th, we're going to talk a little bit about what shepherds do. As I said, shepherds are are more than just a board of directors. Uh, They have scriptural expectations. There was a a time in in my preaching life, short as it is, when I was really frustrated. When I was, I just had some, some struggles and... Of course, I met with the elders in the, you know, the formal, the elders room there. But a few of those shepherds came into our home. And they sat and they listened patiently. And they prayed sincerely with Christy and I. Do you understand the difference between board of directing and shepherding? That's what shepherds do. We're going to talk about that. I I meet with the elders on average once a month, but when Christy was diagnosed with a health problem, we didn't know which way that was going to turn out and where God was leading us through that. And As we went up to Mayo Clinic, before we left... Some of our shepherds pulled us into that room and prayed with us. You see, I view, you know, in in my role, the elders are technically my boss. But more than that, on a spiritual level, they're they're my shepherds. They're your shepherds. They are those men who will be beside you through the hard things of life, at the bedside in the hospital, or when you go through some tragedy, when you need encouragement and love and a listening ear, and someone who's going to pray with you and for you, and someone who takes seriously your soul, you want a shepherd. So we're going to talk about not just who shepherds are, but what shepherds do. And finally, on June 23rd, We're going to talk about what we do. Yes, we're focusing a lot on elders and shepherds and their qualities and what they're called to do and why it's important to be prayerful and fast and focus on these men and and asking God to lead us through the process. But, But as we have shepherds, we need to understand that we, that you and I, have certain responsibilities toward those who shepherd us and who have accountability for our souls. So... As we go through this series, one more word, um, I'm going to encourage you to go by this box, the Frequently Asked Questions box, okay? Now, there are some of you who are like, eh, I've grown up in Church Christ all my life. I've heard countless of these sermons. I don't need to hear it anymore, okay? But if you, if you are new to Christ, you're new in the church, and you have questions, every lesson I'm going to encourage you to submit your questions because th- during the last lesson, we're going to run through all of your questions and try to answer them in a biblical way. So I want to call your attention to that box. It'll be out in the foyer. You can fill that out at any time during this series. As we set out to do what a generation of Northsiders has done, almost two generation, four generations now, I guess, uh, I want to challenge you all to do Three things. Number one, read your Bible. Sounds so elementary, doesn't it? Well, I mean, if I, just, if I just go to the live stream, if I just download the podcast, if I'm just here listening to Toby, doesn't that count? You need to understand that when the Bible is taught, there's different levels, okay? So if I open my Bible and, and someone else reads it and studies it, and then I listen to that person, you're going through a filter. There is far greater benefit, and I believe blessing and the reason that Northside is who it is as a congregation, because we are a people who bypasses the filter and opens the book and says, God, what do you want me to know for my life and in the church? So read your Bible, First Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 7, and Titus chapter 1, verses 6 through 9. And if you want to mark those pages, page 1,270 and page 1,276. And, and I'm going to challenge you to just mark those passages and read them every day. It would be my joy and my honor after every single of these sermons if you'd come up to me and say, you know, you talked about this, but you missed this. It's right here in the text. Uh, that tells me you're listening, not to me, but to God. The second is, I want you to pray for our shepherds. I, I want to ask you to bless, for God to bless them with wisdom, to bless us with wisdom. Ask the Holy Spirit to lead us and to counsel us as we select and appoint these men. I want to encourage you to fast if you are physically able to do so. To have a time of abstaining from eating just to focus on prayer, specifically for our Current and future shepherds. I really believe this process in the early church was practiced and it was written for our example today. So I hope that you'll join us in that. In fact, let's do that right now. Let's pray for our shepherds. Father in heaven, you are, as David said, the good shepherd, you are perfect. You love us, you lead us, you care for us, you guide us, you correct us in so many areas of our life. And Father, we see your work in our lives as we just look backwards, whether we're just baptized last week or we've been a Christian for 70 years. Father, I pray that you will lead us through this process. Lord, we humble ourselves before you. For we realize that no human being that we could select will be perfect. That all of us have sinned and fall short of your glory. But Father, raise up from among us men of biblical quality and character. Men of vision and leadership. Men who love you with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. Men who are not just known within the church, but men who are known within the community and whose reputations in both are consistent. Father, as you lead us through this process, won't you point us again back to your scripture? And we pray for the Holy Spirit who resides in each Christian here, that you, uh, that he will guide us in our thoughts as we align ourselves to your word guide us, lead us father. We trust you and we entrust this process to you. We also pray a special prayer for our shepherds and our elders. We know they do hard work. We know their work. The great majority of it is unseen and they do so not for accolades or applause or even awards They do that because of their love for you. Father, I pray that each time that they meet together, each time when there's just even two or three of them together, that you dwell among them. Give them the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Give them wisdom that exceeds Solomon as they make this decision that will no doubt affect Northside today and Northside tomorrow. Father, won't you bless these men? And we do praise you, Father, for their leadership and thoughtfulness that has brought us to where we are. We pray for the men that you will appoint and lead us to. Father, we pray all these things to your Son and our Savior. Amen. I pray that you'll join me in that prayer. If you want to, set an alarm each day and just devote that time to praying for our shepherds. And finally, the third thing is pay attention. I know there's lots of distractions. I hope you'll come. I hope you'll take notes. I hope you'll open the Scriptures and cross-check the biblical qualities with the men that we might consider. And if for some reason you're out of town, you're unable to be here, please download the podcast or check the video on Vimeo. Take time to watch and consider uh, God's Word and His desire for us as we select men who will lead. Luke chapter 15 tells the story of a story that Jesus told. Luke chapter 15 begins with the story of the lost sheep. It reads this way. Now the tax collectors and the sinners were all drawing near to him, to Jesus, And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. And so he told them this parable. What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on its shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so, I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who need no penitence. As we consider shepherds, I said already, there is no such thing as a perfect shepherd. And that's true in this world. But there is another world where there is a perfect shepherd. And when Jesus describes his passion for the lost, his desire to save sinners, his desire to redeem you and I, there is one picture he uses, that of a shepherd. The perfect shepherd. The good shepherd, as David would describe him. And he loves us enough that he sent his own son to save the lost sheep. This morning, if you are distant from your Father in heaven, if it's been a long time since you've talked with the shepherd, I want you to know that He knows your heart, and He has done everything on this side of heaven to get you into heaven, not even sparing His own Son. And that even if there are 99% of us who are righteous and God-fearing and living in the right way and living as Christ called us to, there will be a party in heaven for one sinner who repents. This morning, if you need to repent, if you've fallen away from Christ or if you've never known Christ, a party awaits in heaven just waiting for you to respond. If you need to respond this morning, please come forward and you can respond in a public way to put on Christ to repent from sin, or let our shepherds pray with you. If you have a need, please come this morning. It's together we stand in sing.